This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the W12 podcast. Today we're joined by pod regulars Chris and Brad. And we've also got a very special guest, and that is the midfield maestro, Jack Colback. Hello, Jack. You're right, mate? I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Jack, how are you, mate? How's your day been? Been up been up so much? Um, no, not really. Just training this morning, obviously. Um, preparing for Saturday and then just in the house relaxing. <laughs> yes. How, how what's it like when you get like? Do they put you up QPR or do they chuck you in the gaffer spare room when you first come? <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. Obviously, I was in a hotel at first, um, and then it's just a case of trying to find somewhere to live. Obviously, being in around London, it's it's not yeah. cheap, so it took a, <laughs> it took well, a few your, weeks. It's your first London club, isn't it? You've played for. So, how are you how are you finding London? It's it's good. I, I've always enjoyed coming down. Obviously, being up north, it's it's a lot different. Um, I always used to come down when I could. Um, it's a lot obviously going on, nice restaurant shows, stuff like that. So it's yeah, it's a, it's a different experience. But I'm living far enough away to not be amongst all the hustle bustle. But um, it's it's not too bad a commute when we want to go in. Yeah, have you got a favourite place there yet? Um. Loftus Road. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> you, had, you had to say that, didn't you? I know. So anyway, so let's get started then on QPR. So I guess for me, what I wanted to ask is, what was the biggest factor in your decision to join QPR? I know Gareth mentioned, <clears throat> you know, getting you was long. Can you share a bit of insight into that? You had, I guess you had other offers. Why did you pick us? Um, yeah, obviously it was just a case of assessing everything. Um in my head, to be honest, before obviously I signed, I was probably thinking try and get a bit closer up north. Um, ended up coming further away, but um, obviously I met I met Gareth and he took me on the new training ground and um, obviously explained what it, what he wanted to do with the club and where he he wants to go. And um, 
once I'd had a look around and obviously spoke with the manager. Um, it was one of them. I was just really, uh, I suppose, excited, intrigued into, into being a part of something and dragging QPR from, from where we are to, to a new level, really. Is there anyone in the you know squad that you've come close to that you know bit of a bromance going on? <laughs> Obviously, I know I know Cookie from Forest, so yeah, uh, that was nice to see him come in. Obviously, a familiar face, but also what he what he brings to the team. I knew what what he would bring in terms of experience and, and leadership, and speaking to the manager quite quite a bit before he came in. Obviously, trying to see where it was and get it over the line. Um, so it was nice to see him, him come in. I was a new Asmia from Ipswich, which a long time ago now. I was, I was going back a fair few years. <laughs> yeah, I was only 19, so um feels a lifetime ago now. But yeah, the the lads are all, you know, it's a, it's a good group. We all get on. Um, I think we, you know, we are all pulling in the right direction and, and want to do what, what the manager's looking for us to do. So um, I'm enjoying it so far. I guess coming in as an experienced player as you are, and you're playing with the likes of Chair, Willock, has there already been any other players on the grass that is impressed you of their ability that skinned you and that make you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, Illy's, Illy's one of them. I used, used to enjoy playing against, to be honest. He's, uh, he's one of them players, he gets the ball and he, he stands you up and he's going one way, he's going the other way and your, your legs are blown a bit and you think, just, just <laughs> hand it off to someone else. But he kind of wants to wants to do it himself. Um, but no, the, the, the talent in the group's really high, to be honest. I think um, in terms of the, the younger lads as well, maybe it's a, I don't know if it's a different way of how they're brought up through the, through the youth system and their training methods, but in terms of kind of the, the ability on the ball, it's it's, it's all really high. Um, I probably experienced a different side to that where it was when I was coming through. It was all about kind of moving the ball on and, and passing move and stuff like that. Whereas um, a lot of the lads now are, are technically good at, at holding on to the ball and, and stuff like that, which um, is nice to see. But no, it's a, it's a good group, and I think the the abilities there, um, the potentials there. It's obviously a young group, so I think. Adding the likes of me and, and Steve and Asmia, um, a bit of experience has obviously helped that. And I think now it's just a case of we'll keep doing what we're doing. I think we start the season well. Obviously, the points don't reflect that entirely. But I think, to be honest, we should be on, on more than what we're on. And I think it's, um, it's a good time to, to be around you know, QPR. And hopefully we can start turning decent performances and, into more points. I guess for me as well, I just wanted to ask you, you know, like when you're back, you obviously you're banned now for three games. Just wanted to know as a player, how is it, is that tough? I know you're, you're training and they're talking about the, the game coming, Coventry upcoming. How, how is that? You know, how, how, Do you go in there when they're talking about the game coming or do you just step back, still train? Yeah, obviously I've still been in, in the meetings and stuff, the, the meetings after games when we reflect on that and um, the, the meetings to prepare for the next game. It's frustrating, really, because I'm kind of I'm still training, obviously, but I know I can't be involved, so it's it's difficult. Um, and obviously, when you're not involved, you get slotted into the the team who's probably not going to play against the, the team who are playing, and so I've, 
I've been sent to half quite a bit this week, which, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I've enjoyed a bit. It's uh, a bit easier than, than, than midfield, but no, nah, it's one of the obviously, To be honest, I thought it was a one game when I got sent off. So obviously, I dealt with the disappointment of getting sent off. Obviously, um, I knew it affected the, the result in that game, so that was that was tough enough. I, I accepted that and, and took that on the chin. Um, but in my head, I had one game out and then I'd be back. So then when I found out it was three, it was it was frustrating, but it's, it's one of them things. Um, just got to get on with it and, and make sure my, my training's been right. And then I'll be looking forward to get, to get back involved. Yeah, so just in a weird way, do you think, obviously, where you didn't have a pre-season, do you think having these like three games where you can just be training solidly will help you over the course of the season? Uh, potentially, yeah, but I, I do think you just can't replicate playing games of football. Um, you can train as much as you want, but I think the biggest thing you miss is, is sharpness, really. I've always been generally quite quite fit. Um, obviously, I probably had even less of a, a pre-season than I, I should have anyway and, and came back sooner, but uh, obviously I wanted to get involved as quickly as I could. Um, so to obviously get back after a, a longer break and then have this three-game suspension, it was frustrating, but it's one of them things. It's obviously it's my sort of game that if you miss time, anything now. I think the annoying thing was is I've not even tried to tackle the lad. I, I've tried to win the ball and play the ball back to, to Kutia Foxy. Um, and as he's got there just before, obviously the follow-through of my leg, then catches him that looks like a really bad tackle, but um, obviously the ref doesn't know that, but it's just one of them things. Obviously, yeah, it, it wasn't ideal, but like I say, I've kept myself fit with the training, done a bit extra running and stuff, so I'll be ready come come the time the manager calls on me again. So that's guess... what happens when us 30-year-olds are trying to catch 17-year-olds <laughs> on the pitch, yeah? That's what it is, yeah. I've lost, okay, that, I... bit of, I lost that bit of sharpness. <laughs> I guess for me, before I pass you over to Chris, obviously I know you're not Sunderland's biggest fan at the moment, but from coming from New, New, Newcastle up that way, um, are you a Sunderland or Newcastle fan, Geordie? I, I was Newcastle growing up. Newcastle. Mm. So I guess just one question then. What was it like, you know, obviously Newcastle and Sunderland uh, rivals, what was it like to adapt? Because you played for both teams. Did, you know, did you get any abuse or do you know what I mean? What was it like to just adapt to that? Yeah, um, to be fair, a few of the Sunderland fans probably like me a bit more now because I pretty much gave them three points, didn't I? So uh, <laughs> I might have won a few back. Nah, it was it was one of them. It was obviously just a, a decision I made. Um, a lot got said about the move and Sunderland came out with a statement that it just wasn't true at all. Basically said I led the club on and said I was going to sign all along and then almost shafted them last minute, which wasn't the case. I, I said from the start, I wanted to stay at Sunderland to my agent. Um, but I just wanted to be appreciated and, and almost me feel like I was wanted by them in terms of in terms of what they offered. Um, and that never came. So obviously the longer that goes, I was 24 at that stage. I was playing week in, week out. I just wanted to feel respected almost and it, it never came. So Obviously, time passes and you start talking to other clubs. And it wasn't a case where I thought, right, I'll go to Newcastle to 
to a nice Sunderland or, or get one over them. It was just a, a, a move that it's a massive club. Um, it meant I'd be living at home. So it, it, it was one of them where it was, it was more of a, I suppose, as a, as a player, it's a, it's a, it's a job, it's a, a livelihood and fans maybe don't say it that way, but the initial move was fine. I'm not on any social media or anything like that, so I imagine I got quite a lot of stick on there, but in terms of day-to-day, nothing really. Obviously, when I went back to the state of my life as a Newcastle player, that was... Um, yeah, it was eventful. Challenging. <laughs> yeah, the thing, I come off injured as well in the game. Um, but I didn't want to obviously get stretched off. And I, I'd done my knee in the game. Um, and I was saying to the physio, I'm fine, I'll come back on. He obviously said, you can't. Because I came off, I'd come off the opposite side to the dugout. So then I had to walk. <laughs> oh, no. Obviously, back around the goal. So it was like just a Mexican wave of abuse. Um, <laughs> so it, it wasn't the best choice. But no, nah, it's, it's something... Obviously, I had other options to Newcastle, and it, it was a decision I didn't make lightly, and I, I, I didn't make it quickly. But I think I always would have wondered what it would have been like if I if I didn't go to Newcastle. I think other clubs that were there would have just been a, a with a, you know no disrespect, but just another move type thing. So something that's just one of them things. I guess it takes a bit of a bit of bollocks to do, really. Yeah, definitely. I think. When you mentioned there about being wanted, that's something that it really comes across that Gareth Ainsworth really wanted you as a as a player. And a lot of kind of the other things you bring to like the changing room, the team environment. So obviously he's talked a lot about wanting leaders in the in the squad. Is that something you, you find comes naturally to you? Or do you find that adds adds a bit of pressure when he's kind of saying, look, I'm bringing in these leaders like Colback, Cookie, Begovic. Is that something that... Not a burden, but something you think about a bit more. Um, not really. No, I think it does kind of come come naturally, and I think with having obviously Asma and Cookie and other lads who've who've played a lot of football as well, with it not just being me, I suppose it, it makes it easier. We've got a, a leadership group at, at the club where I think there's five of the lads are in there. Um, Samfield and, and Albert as well so it's one of them I, I've always kind of not been afraid to to say things in, in a game or in training or I think it's just something you pick up with age as well um, obviously I've played with other lads who, who've you, you John O'Shea's and, and Wes Browns who've been at the biggest clubs and I probably learned things from from them as well and um, it's something I, I probably relish really and if I can come in and, and impact the club in a positive way. And obviously I know I'm coming towards the, the end of my career, but if I could come here and, and, and do well and leave the club in a, in a better state, then um, that was a big reason why why I came here. Yeah, that's good to good to hear. And yeah, no one don't want to tell us that you're coming towards the end of your career. Like you're, <laughs> you're just about younger than the three of us. <laughs> Makes it depressing. Um, Obviously, we know that kind of from your past clubs that you are a versatile player. Obviously, Gareth kind of put you in that central midfield role um, kind of in the games you've played. But has he spoken to you about your own versatility, like slotting in that left back, left wing back 
few times he's did that for Forest. Yeah, um, it's not, we've not had the discussion really, but obviously I'm sure he's aware that, that yeah, I've played there and I'd say I can do a job there. Um, <laughs> not quite as athletic and as, uh, what's the word, flary as obviously Ken. And, um, but no, it's, it's just one of them things, I suppose. It's, it's good to have. Obviously, I prefer playing in midfield. I think that's where I can have the most effect on, on games. But like in the past, I think I first started at Ipswich, ended up slotting in a couple of times, then Sunderland, um, and obviously at Forest. So it's something that I've, I've never minded doing. It's one of them. If, if the gaffer needs me to, to play somewhere, then you, you just get on with it, I suppose. Then you'll I mean, do it, yeah. I mean, you're, we won't want to push you wing back, mate. You're a top scorer at the minute for QPR. <laughs> keep, you in, keep you in that centre mid. <laughs> yeah, we, Ken's got two as well, hasn't he? So he yeah. I <laughs> know, nah, the gaffer was saying that. He said, I didn't sign you for goals, but, you know, I'll, I'll take them when they come, to be fair. <laughs> I don't know. If you, could, uh, if you could put another one of those volley crosses in that you did the first, <laughs> like one of those every other game would go down pretty I'm nicely. Not having, I'm, not, I'm not having that. People ask me, did I mean it? I'm like, come on. If you don't, if you know the game, you know, you know, I mean that. You don't, try and cross, you don't try and cross the ball like that. You know what I mean? It's because, it's because if I, if I take the ball down there, right, I've got very few tricks in the locker. So I'm thinking, I'll just hit it. And it went in. I mean, it was, it was a bit like the Zells, wasn't it? The other day, was that going around the dressing room? What a no, that does us as a proper, my, the goal against mine against West Brom is one of them. You hit it. I'm not aiming there. Obviously, I'm sh- I'm hitting it towards goal, but I'm not aiming there. It's it's almost lucky it goes in. Dozzy's is just a pure crisp strike of a ball. That's a far more difficult goal than the, than the one I scored. But yeah, he got <clears throat> it got mentioned a lot. What a strike! Does he, does he do any of them in training, or is that like no, a one-off? One. I'm not seeing one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he can, does he can strike a ball? He's got a lovely, lovely technique. He can strike a ball. Yeah, I'm hoping he does that a few more times uh, this season. Yeah, his first goal, and I mean, yeah, unbelievable one to do it. So, mm. I guess the rest of his goals will kind of be downhill from there. But we'll take anything, <laughs> take anything he can uh, he can provide. Back to back to Ainsworth. Um, you obviously worked on the, quite a lot of managers in your career. Um, but what do you think? Are his his specific strengths that you've noticed so far, or or differences to other managers you've worked under? I always love this question because if you start comparing managers, you always say, "Oh, he's, he thinks he's better than him." <laughs> uh, now, I think uh, with Gareth, obviously, he's got his own ideas, his own methods. He's trying to create um, an atmosphere around the club. He's trying to almost drag the club from from where I was, which was in, I mentioned, uh, a negative position from the way they finished last season. Um, and that was a big thing that, that he said to me before I signed. Um, and obviously he's got his ideas of how he wants to play, but one thing he has done is he's, he's, he's changed he's changed how he wants to play from, from when I first came in. Um, I think that always shows good signs of a good manager really I've had in the past managers who would just stick to the same regardless um, regardless of the opposition it's the same tactics and 
we keep losing games this morning and we think, well, we're doing the same thing. It's, it's not working almost, but he's, he's changed, changed things and we always adapt to how the team plays who we're coming up against. So um, I think if you're doing that, it shows good qualities. And um, I'm, I'm, to be honest, really enjoying working under him. He's the type of manager you, you really want to do well for because he's such a nice bloke. He's he's good around the lads. He's he's um you know he's he's respectful to to all staff. So I think that's something that as a club we can all buy into and and hopefully obviously do what what he wants us to do. Yeah, talking about kind of how we how we adjust depending on who we're playing against and the change of tactics, etc. Obviously, for a long time now and going very much going back to last season, our home form, we've really struggled. Mm. Obviously, I'm confident that's something we'll put right Saturday. Um, but is there anything we're doing from a tactical point of view to, to look to assess that from your own point of view, like how we set up in terms of away games and, and home games? I mean, so far this season, we've been a lot more successful away from home. Do you feel that suits how we are setting up or just a, just one of those things in kind of a small sample size? Yeah, I think away from home, obviously we, we've been doing well on the, on the counter-attack almost. So I think the picture at Loftus Road's a lot smaller than, than others. So when we've been away, Southampton Cardiff, um, Middlesbrough, the pitches are bigger, there's naturally more space. We've got a lot of pace in the team and I think that's how we've hurt, hurt teams away from home. Obviously at home, you haven't got that as much, but I think if you look at the, the games at home, I think Ipswich, we deserve to win. I think there was nothing in the game. We had the, the better chances. They get a, a, a jammy goal, really, and, and end up winning. I think the Sunday game obviously taking out my red card, that could be a different story. Uh, Swansea get a goal that shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> say it how it is, you know. Um, and we had chances again, so I think it's just one of them. Sometimes you can get caught up in it too much, get caught up in them stats. And obviously we know as, as a group and as players it's not good enough. We know we need to be winning games at home. And I think from past experience as a as an away player coming to, to Loftus Road, it's it's a difficult place to come. And I think we need to to certainly use that and and make it difficult for, for teams coming in. In fairness, I think we have. I think we've just it's fine margins in football. I think we like I say, we could easily be be sat here on, on two wins at home and on, on 14, 15 points, whatever it might be, but that's not the case. We understand that. We understand we need to start winning games at home. And, um, something that we've, we've tried to address, but I think in terms of, to answer your question, tactically and stuff like that, I think we're setting up the right way. Obviously, there might be certain things in any game you think, oh, I wish I'd done that, or you should have done that yeah. more, but that's that's football. And I think if, if we knew that, then yeah, obviously we'd, we'd be laughing. But I think it's one of them that... The wins will come at home and once we do get that, I suppose, monkey off our back type thing, um, we, sh we should be fine. Nice. Um, 
guess this is a, quite an open question, but what what do you feel re- would re- would represent like a good a good season for us? And then secondly, have you got any like personal targets around your own season? I'm not expecting you to say to keep up kind of one in two uh, games to <laughs> goals to game ratio, but um, obviously there's a huge amount of stats in the game, so I'm not not even limiting yourself to going. Okay, I need to get this amount of goals and assists. Is there other elements that come into the game of saying, okay, I want to achieve this as my average running stat of a game, or how deep does that go? Um, I think firstly, as as a group, I think we can. It's hard to put. I suppose, a, a target on the season. I think the, the way the league is, you can be six, seven points off playoffs, but six, seven points off relegation as well. So, like I say, it's such fine margins. You look at, I think, Cardiff won three on the bounce, all of a sudden they're top off. And obviously they were, they were struggling before that. Um, but I think, obviously it sounds boring, but we take each game as it comes. Um, we try and get as many points on the board as we can and I think we, we go from there but going off what we've we've faced so far I think it's one of them I, I don't think you can aim too high in this league I think it's not it's it's tough because of the demands in terms of games and and you obviously you play against different systems and and once you get through the winter, Tuesday nights and stuff like that. and um, It's tough in that sense, but in terms of the, the quality of the league, I think there's, there's no ceiling to where we could potentially aim for, but obviously, like I say, we take each game as it comes and, and go from there. And personally, I've never been one to really set goals and targets. I think for me, I put the team first. And like I say, I, I'd much rather have a an average game or a, or a poor game and the, the team wins, then like say Southampton, I, I get a goal for myself, but but we get beat because then it means it means nothing really. Um, but yeah, obviously, I suppose for me, just trying to be the best I can be, which which will help the team and help us help us pick up wins, you know, which which the fans deserve. Yeah, obviously the league is is brutal. It's a big schedule. There's there are some teams that on paper do look really strong, but on a, on anybody's day, anybody can beat anybody. But mm. out of the teams we've faced so far, have you been particularly like really impressed with any of them? Or do you feel kind of we've been, we've got a chance to kind of beat anybody? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I, I think, obviously, Ipswich are flying on the second, I think. And, no disrespect to them, but I didn't think they had much at all. Um, on no, we all, we spoke about that. We expected them to be a lot better given the reputation they came up with. And yeah. then the, the team we saw at Loftus Road, we were competing with them. Like you said, we could have easily won that game, got a point. It wasn't like, oh, we're watching one of the best teams we've ever mm. seen in front of us here. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it, it can be different away from home. And like I said, the pitch at our place is small. I saw my you might go to their place when we pay them and the pass the ball on, you can't get the hand, you're thinking, Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> these are good, you know what I mean? But no, like I say, I think we've, other than the, the Watford game, obviously, which 
probably caught us calling, caught the lads call first game of the season. Um, I think we competed in every game. I think Southampton, we should win. We had the chances. They had all the possession, but we'd, we'd do nothing with it. Um, we should win that. Obviously, we beat Borough, beat Cardiff. Um, Ipswich, like I say, I think we should win. So, yeah, I suppose I think we can compete compete with, with most teams in this league. There's going to be tough games, obviously. It's going to be games that we lose, but that's that's the nature of it. I think if you look at the league, Leicester look like the they could win the league whenever they want to, to be honest. Um, but I think they should because of the team they've got. They've got a lot of Premier League players in that, in that squad still, so they're doing what they should be. But um, other than that, like I say, um, I think we can compete in, in every game. It's just, I suppose, turning them near performances and um, decent performances into, into points because that's what matters. Exactly. I mean, we we feel outside that Watford game. We've been in every game. It's like you say, it's very fine margins. It's the mm. like the Armstrong shot that hit both posts against Ipswich. If that goes in, we're talking about a completely different game here. Yeah, that yeah. could go in our favour very easily. So it's definitely positive signs. Um, positive sign that's been obviously massive for the club was the the new training ground. Obviously, you mentioned earlier that Gareth showed you around there. How does that? Obviously, you've been at some massive clubs that you've mentioned earlier. How does our training ground compare to that? And were you were you still impressed? You kind of know that Mike Ashley hasn't invested a huge amount in kind of Newcastle's, but mm. I'm still expecting it was probably better than what we had previously. Anyway, uh, it wasn't to be honest. Um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. The, the the new training ground at QBRs is it's really good. It's lovely. Um, Newcastle was not great at all. Obviously, I think they've improved it now. You see on videos, it looks it looks a lot better. Um, Forest was kind of in the process of, of updating that as well when I first went. So I'd say QBR is probably ahead of that one as well. Sunlands is yeah, top, to be honest. That's the best I've been at in terms of the whole place. It's it's proper Premier League facilities. Um, obviously, Ipswich was was just average, really. But now it's 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 a big plus for the club. I think it shows that the club are trying to to move forward. Obviously, experience the Premier League, um, however long ago it was, and I think it's a club that should be striving to get there. And, and having facilities like that can can only help. Um, Jack, obviously you're unavailable for selection this weekend. Like, what was your like, routine for Saturday now? Do you go to the, with the squad to the game? Have you got the weekend off? Do you have to do some work with the B team development squad? Kind of, what's kind of, what's your Saturday plans? Uh, yeah, so obviously I'll, I'll just train as normal tomorrow. Probably do a bit extra because it's it's normally lighter on a Friday. Um, and then I don't know if I'm in Saturday morning or not yet. I've not had that shout yet, so <laughs> hopefully they'll just say just go to the game, go to the game Saturday. In which case, I'll just I'll just turn up for the game, get there a little bit before kickoff. Obviously, go and see the lads, all the best, that sort of thing, and then and sit much like like the fans do, which I didn't enjoy to be honest when we, we played Swansea. It was it was horrible watching. Not really, <laughs> not really nice. I felt like what what fans must feel when you're getting frustrated. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> are, you, are you shouting, are you? Saying, get into him, get into him. Well, I was, yeah, a little bit. You're like, you're trying to like obviously stay professional, but you're thinking, <laughs> the thing is, you sat there, obviously, it's a completely different perspective because you can see everything. Yeah. So when you're on the pitch playing, obviously, you get the ball, you, you've got a man closing it down, whatever. Sometimes you're just seeing glimpses of, of shirts in terms of where you might pass to or you're looking one way, but the guy on the left, and you see that in the fans, I'm thinking, just just play that one. <laughs> but it's, it's obviously not not the same. Um, but yeah, it was not something I want to do too often, but yeah, I'll just be going to the game as normal and then hopefully chilling on three points. Obviously, on a personal level, are you watching the game and hoping on a little, little bit personal, that we don't perform well, so you get straight back in the team. Because if we go out and like smash Coventry 4-0, like, you don't change your win, a winning team, so you're going to be back on the bench. So how does that make you feel? <laughs> no, I think, um, of course, I want I want the team to win because then the day we were all pulling in, in, or we should be pulling in, in the same direction, and certainly don't want to be involved in, in a scrap near the bottom. So... Um, a win makes it easier for me when I when I do get back in the team if I do so and it's one of them things I think you might get players to be honest who sit there and they've, they've been dropped and think all oh, the team get beat today but uh, I, I don't know that's not something that's ever sat right in there. even if I did I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say it on you <laughs> And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, while I was playing Sunday League, um, if anyone on the team got a red card sent off, um, unfortunately for them, they'd have to buy the first round of drinks in the clubhouse after the game. Is there anything mm. like that in the professional game? Like, Have you had to take the lads out for dinner to, like, or anything like that? Or has there been like any forfeits for doing it, apart from obviously the fine? Uh, no, there's not been. I don't know. I've not really experienced that. I get it with some. I think it's good stuff like that's good. It's good crack, obviously. And um, we've got like fine systems in place. And if you if you get a fine, it's obviously not nothing too heavy. But we've got a little wheel that we spin. Um, so you could either you could fall on no fine, and you, you get rid of your fine off with double or um, little forfeits on there, but. Or get Gareth Angel a new pair of boots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mind them. They're right then. <laughs> so did, did you spin the wheel? What did you get? I got yeah, I got fined last week. I spun the wheel and got no fine. So you know, happy, but thing is, all the fines, <laughs> all the fines go in the pot. So I was like, I said, 
you should take the no fine off the wheel because it shouldn't be on there. We want to build the money. So when we do have little social <laughs> evenings and stuff, we've got we've got money out the park. But... What's what's the worst forfeit on there? What didn't that. what didn't you want to what didn't you want to get? Got to wear the gaffer's boots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, oh. I I couldn't tell off the top of me. I was just looking for the no fine, but it's you've got to be PC now, don't you? You can't be too um, too ruthless now. You'll get get cancelled nowadays. Get sacked. <laughs> get sacked. <laughs> um, obviously, you've had a long career. Uh, you've been around some talented players. You've seen some talented players come through the ranks at various clubs. Um, what do you make of our own talented youngster in Sinclair Armstrong? Like, what do you think his personal ceiling could be? Um, I suppose it's it's a lot of it's dependent on on the individual now. I think he's got all the attributes to to get to wherever he wants to. I suppose, obviously, um, I won't say the obvious in terms of his speed because I've you know that's that's well known, but technically he's 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 a good player. Um, and obviously the the physicality he's got is is half the battle, really. Obviously, um, people don't appreciate how hard it is when you're not very quick and not very strong to try and make a career <laughs> when you've got these players who are just rapid and can get out of situations. But now Sinks is um he's got a good arm on his shoulders, and I think. That's half the battle now, really, with, with younger players. Um, I think if he stays stays humble and he stays honest and, and works hard, then things can can get to wherever he wants to get to. When you were lining up with the like second squad and you said you were playing centre-back earlier, were you against him? Yeah, I, I, I had about 10, 15 minutes against him. He didn't get a kick, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I was just I kept trying to play the offside trap, so I didn't have to run back. Probably a good idea. <laughs> mm. um, obviously, before a game, do you look at the opposition and analyse who you're up against in like that midfield battle? I've always wondered, like, do you actually like do your own research? Do the club give you like a little iPad and say this is who we expect you to be lining up against? Like, is it something you like want to do yourself and like pick like elements of their game that you think you could best them at? Um, it is something that, that I've experienced before. I've had times at clubs where you there'll be an iPad in the in the dressing room and it'll have their team, starting team on, and it'll have every player. And if you click on the player, it'll show you kind of clips of what they do. But it's not something I've ever looked too much into. Obviously, um, got a good idea of, of who you're playing up against. Um, most weeks, so and obviously in, in team meetings, will the gaffer will, will point out certain players and, and maybe someone cuts in on the left all the time or or whatever it is. So you've got a good idea going into it. But for me, I always just think um, I go into the game and it's one of them. It's it's you against them, and um, I've always kind of backed myself against against anyone really. Um, even in the Premier League, come up against some world class players, but um, defensively, I've always been been decent at, at kind of that side of things. So I have had a few games where you think, Jesus Christ, I shouldn't be on the same pitch as, as these guys. 
Um, no, it's not something I really, I really do too much. I'll have a look on the board in the dressing room, see who's playing, and um, just go from there. I guess, Jack, look, we've had, it's been brilliant having you on, and we're very grateful for you coming on. I've got one question before we let you go. Quick fire. We just want to know your five-a-side team, QPR team at the moment. You're the gaffer. You've got to have a goalie. Who are you picking? Yeah. Right, it's going to cause me issues here. <laughs> when lads ask why I went in. Um, so I've, I've got to have a keeper. So I'll go Asmir because he's playing, match fit and all that. Yeah. Um, I'll go Steve. You had to do that one, didn't you? Yeah, well, you, you get the um. You get the um. You get the um. Um, and I'll go Illy Chris Willick and one more one more I'll have to go Fieldy for a bit of some bit team of great experience some team <laughs> nice yeah, one Jack yeah, go on go on nice one it's been fantastic having you on mate and cheers for giving us your time no, no worries. We'll let you get back. Right. Hopefully, on. see you back in that starting lineup soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and banging in a few more goals. <laughs> Cheers, Jack. Cheers, Jack. Mate. Cheers, bye, bye. Wow, that was really good having a chat with Jack Cole back there. Some really insightful like information about the team and about. Obviously, for me, interesting about the red card situation because it's always interesting why what players get up to. But let's jump back in with the review of the Birmingham game on last Friday. It feels like absolute ages ago, that result, nil-nil. Chris, what did you make of the game, mate? So, well, firstly, I watched this game on the balcony of my hotel room in in Corfu. So the game started at 10 (laughs) o'clock. Well, you say nice, but I'd been up since like about six o'clock with my daughter. So I was absolutely knackered. And I kind of knew, I was like, mm, if I don't watch this game, we could do well and therefore I'm going to miss out. I can't like wake up and just see the score in the morning, so I've got to watch it. But um, I mean, we'll take a point. You take a point, you take a clean sheet. It's an element to which you move on. I mean, the field clearance off the line was unbelievable. Obviously, Sky showed how close that was to going in. But like, what, an inch, two? You won't see that again, will you? That's like a, no, a split no second. Like if he'd reacted a split second slower, that's in. Like yeah. that's how vital that like his reaction time was there for that clearance. Yeah. Um, but we we did all right. We we created a few things. There was a spell in the first half where we looked where we were on top and we looked decent. And we all said to each other, "We've got a score at this point," and that's just that's still an element to which we don't seem to do. When we're playing well, we don't take adva- don't take full advantage of it. Um, they had the better chances in the game, but second half, I wasn't worried. didn't look like they were going to score. It didn't really look like we were going to score, except for the Dykes had uh, the field chance that Ruddy just pulled off. I think that was just great goalkeeping, wasn't it? And he's, he's flicked it against field and it's gone, it's gone wide. Like we were talking with Colback, it's, it's a game of inches and it's such fine margins. That could have easily gone in. Ruddy always seems to have a good game against us as well, though. Yeah. He's one of those goalies always seems to just turn up against us. Like I don't know how old he is, but maybe we should sign him on a free when Begovic goes, just so <laughs> then he can't play against us. 
obviously, Brad, there, uh, Chris touched on Dykes' header there. It went straight to Ruddy. Do you think he's got to be burying that? Do you, are you being critical there, or do you think it was a good save? I mean, I think it's a bit harsh to say he should bury that. It was, he headed it down, which the striker should probably do in, in that sort of situation. But he was just unlucky. Ruddy pulled an unbelievable save, didn't he? I mean, my touches on Birmingham. Defensively, we looked okay again. I mean... Most games this season, defensively, we've looked okay. We, we've looked good, but it's just, for me, down the right side is our weak side. Down that right, we've just been struggling and struggling. I mean, but it's one of them games, but, and it could have went It could have went either way, 1-0, either way, really. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that shows why we've recruited this week on that right-hand side. I think it, that'll give us an option going forward. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, was there any other key points from the Birmingham game, either of you two, Phil, we need to be talking about? Obviously, Begovic, we've said, has been a little bit um, inconsistent in the last few games, but I thought he was pretty solid, made some yeah. good saves. Obviously, Cook, Field, putting their bodies on the line, both were like putting monster performances. Was anyone else that caught your eye? Brad? Big chair was a Chair was a bit quiet again. There was a free kick where I would have liked to have seen him get it on target. Um, that was just for my bet, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess for for me, I, I don't want to keep touching it for too long and talk about it for too, because it you know we talk about it every week. But Chris Willett coming on at seventy five minutes, I just I just can't understand it as a even when he come on, it didn't really look like he he wanted to be there. From what from what I was watching, I don't know about is that me being harsh. Uh, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because I really felt the game swung on the substitutions, and when we made our substitution, brought a Dame on, brought Willock on, I felt for us our attacking intent just went. And Birmingham had obviously had a bit of a better bench, brought on their subs on, and the game just fizzled out that last kind of fifteen minutes. It felt like the subs really killed the game, and neither team really pushed on with them. But I guess that I guess going on the perspective, we're talking on our squad about depth. I mean, Birmingham, it just shows you how much depth they've got with the players coming off the bench. You know, I know we bought Willock on uh, off the bench, but we're still bringing the likes of Adoma on. But what what was your guys' view on Adoma pointing to his name on the back of his shirt? He's got <laughs> he's got to have a bit of a laugh, isn't he? An ex Villa player, like he's obviously going to get some stick. But obviously, what we really wanted was yet yeah, him to put the cross that he did in for Dyke. If that goes in. Adoma can even have an even bigger grin on his face and yeah, exactly. kind of really milk it up. Yeah, the yeah, back to back to Willock, like in the was it the Sunderland game where he came on and he showed he showed a lot in that game. Like even in a small spell, like obviously we were under the we were under the cosh. Um but he looked he looked good in that. Swansea game didn't didn't show a lot. The Birmingham game against like Showing these small glimpses, but we need other teams are looking at him and being like, "Shit, Chris Willett's coming on." Like we could be worried here, but then he's not. Just not quite there, is it? Like, but I guess for me though, you know, thinking about that, Chris Willock is coming on. I, I, Sinclair Armstrong would have changed that game if he come on at seventy minutes against a tired Birmingham. I, I just think I don't know. Is that me being? I just think bringing a sink on off the bench seventy minutes. I, Oh, yeah, that's I think defender's it's defender's worst nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, it did. It did shock me when he still started that game because he looked 
He'd obviously come off against Sunderland, was really frustrated and annoyed, which you, you can understand from a personal point of view. Like he, he was up front by himself, playing with 10 men, not a lot of service. Then Dykes comes on and they played together for what felt like two minutes. Sinclair's probably thinking, great, I've got some support up here. We can, the balls you're now pumping into me can be get flicked on. I might get one chance to get in. Yeah, it was the Birmingham game just one too many starts in a row? I guess it's easy to say in hindsight, maybe, but but maybe yeah, you need to like, put him in there for the experience, don't you? We need to put yeah. him in there to get that game time. That's that's yeah. I'm a bit on the fence of it to be honest, but there's two ways you can look at it in there. Yeah, I and then again, it's sorry, I was gonna say, I think again that goes down to our squad depth, doesn't it? Like who you're putting on instead of um sinks to start the game that then he could be coming on to be effective for. Like we've said, Willock's not been performing at his level yet. Do you start Willock, give him some minutes and hope that he can kick on? It's like, it's a really tricky situation at the minute with getting the right kind of balance where we seem to be defensively getting in the right position, being solid, putting blocks on the line. But we seem to be lacking that final cutting edge. And I think that's Gareth's now main issue is making us more of a goal threat whilst keeping us solid at the back. But then I yeah, guess, definitely. but then I guess, I've got a question on that. Then, if we're talking at Birmingham about depth, I know we're talking on depth. Oh, so my question is: Are we a few signings away from a good window, or are we are we there now? If we get one more in, if that makes sense, because I know we're short up top. I think that's the problem. Defensively, now I think we look as solid as we have done for years. Like you think we have the back five potentially, obviously. We're going to talk about Reggie Cannon a bit in a little bit. He looks from what YouTube like reels looks amazing. And he's like, I'm not going to pass judgment until I've seen him in person. But he looks like he's going to add some real depth. He's in the USA International, so he's got some pedigree. You think we've got Cook, we've got Dunn back, we've got um, Clark Salter back, Fox is performing well, we've got Powell, we've got Begovic. That's a solid unit as a defence with some cover when everyone's now fully fit. So that I'm not so worried about us defensively now. And then we've got obviously Field and Colback at Shield in front of that. You think brilliant, but going forward is where we're lacking. And like I said, who are, who are we going to bring in now? Chris Martin's gone to Bristol Rovers. We all thought that could have been a deal that was going to get pushed through <laughs> for us. Like there's, I don't know who who else is out there as a free signing striker. I mean, That's for me, thing, guys, I think we've done a. I think we've. I, I don't know. I think we've had a good window personally. On a defensive perspective, we have look look at the players we've brought in. I know it's we've had a lot brought in as well in the years back, but the players we've brought in, he, he's done he's done well with considering you know we're right in the corner with the FFP. You know, I, I think we're doing okay. I, I generally think we're a few signings up top away from a good strong window for QPR. I don't know if that's a strong point. Yeah, it's just by this stage, like who like you said that like who is a who is a free agent but but that's why you have a scouting network that's why you have a huge list of players you've been looking at I mean even in the the Reggie Cannon report they said this is a player we've been looking at for two years now you can take that one of two ways you should have a massive database of players you're looking (laughs) at or have got stats on and was he just one of a thousand not a thousand right backs Mm. but like 50 right backs you had on a list or was it a bit a bit more than that we'll never know but um, I thought that line in the in the club uh, kind of statement <laughs> was just quite funny. Um, but we wouldn't, she said three weeks ago, 
oh, we're going to sign a USA inter- international as a free agent. No one would have believed you. So there could be yeah. some striker out there that can come in and um, bag eight we've goals for us. At, we've, been looking, we've been looking at him for 10 years and he's experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And now finally he's free and willing to <laughs> willing to play. But like um, you said, it's a very much like a kind of left field kind of signing. Like it's not someone I would have thought we would have been looking at at all. So no. to get him over the lines, obviously rumour has it um he was linked with Burnley at the start of the summer. Obviously that didn't materialise for whatever reasons going on with um, Burr Vista and the not being paid. But obviously if, if Burnley are looking at him, they're a Premier League team now. So surely that shows us he's got some think about him. I mean, it's, I good. Mean, it's good, isn't it? You don't get 28 games, I think it's 28 caps for your country and your country's at a decent level if you're yeah. useless, do you? Yeah. So... Um. Yeah, there's there's positives, and hopefully Saturday can be a bigger positive with a win. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, it, and it's a good that it offers competition for Kakai, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, I mean, think also it'll let Smith push on further forward as well. Yeah, we can put Aussie back to right wing back, or even Reggie at right wing back. Um, from what obviously Gareth said, he wants him to get in behind the lines and stuff. So that means Smith could be pushed further up, playing as part of the front three which will give us his pace in behind defences. So I think that's a positive. Obviously, um, Gareth also mentioned today about um, having a f- basically fully fit squad to pick from. If you're in Gareth's boots, those lovely boots, um, <laughs> what's your starting 11? Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. What's your starting 11? Everyone fully fit. Um, everyone fully fit for Saturday. So yeah. Begovic in goal, uh, Kakai, Cook, I would drop Fox and I'd put Clark Salter in. I think Fox hasn't really done anything particularly wrong. I think he's been solid and he's been fine. But on the ball, I feel he's very slow. He's taking like generally three, four touches. The striker's on him and then then he's giving the ball. We know Clark Salter is a much better uh, ball-playing defender. So I'd put him in. Yeah, he might get injured after... 20 minutes, but <laughs> kind of got to play eventually. Pow on the left. Um, field Dazelle in the in the midfield. Smith out wide. Uh, chair out wide. And then, I know we talked about Armstrong being being rested, but I'd go with him and Dykes. You, I think you've got to play both of them at home. Like, Colbeck's made the point there, right? Like, we do have a different tactical setup when we play at home. The the pitch thing, right? If someone wants to measure the pitch, is it actually smaller or does it just feel smaller? I'm never yeah. totally sure. Um, but yeah, we have those two. They can cause problems. We're playing up against a team who have got one win this season. They've drawn five of their last six, and apparently in their game on Monday got some other championship fans who actually watched it. Said it was one of the worst games they've ever seen. They said yeah. neither team had any quality. Um we've got to be looking at that to be like right we it's a must don't want to say must win because it's so early but of our home form I kind of feel it is I mean I mean it is 100% a must win we've won 1 in 18 at home <laughs> it's a must win and we've got fixtures coming up after the commentary that are tough games we've got tough games coming up so these three points are, are massive in my eyes and going on don't your team I, to be honest I don't think you'd change much from Birmingham to be honest i I think that's quite a strong team. I, I know Chris said bring Clark Salter in Fox, but I do like Fox. 
and that, but I do like Clark Saw, but then I just think, oh, are we ru- again? Are we rushing him back? Is he really match fit? Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing with Fox is he's the one person who kind of he hasn't necessarily done anything wrong, but it's his position that's under threat with like um, CJ Clark sort of sitting on the bench, waiting in the wings almost. And, you've got, like and you've got done. Jimmy, Jimmy Dunn, obviously back. I don't. I'd be very surprised if Jimmy Dunn features at all. I feel That's something's strange, gone wrong if he happen. plays any minute Saturday. Like yeah. two centre backs <laughs> would have to get injured, and or he's thrown on as like seriously emergency <laughs> striker for the last five minutes. So there's yeah, a question for you then: no. is, Jim, is Jimmy Dunn the bench player from from going forward? For me personally, depending on obviously if we stick with the kind of formation we're playing now with wing backs. I would like to see a back three of Dunn, Cook, and obviously Jay Clark Salter, Powell left wing back, and I'd like to see this Reggie Cannon as a right wing back once we've seen him play. I think that could be his position, and that frees up Smith to be up top, either alongside Dykes or cutting in from the wing, giving us that pace constantly behind defenders with Reggie Cannon and Powell kind of pushing on each side. I don't know what you boys think of anything like that. Like, I've what, seen who that you have talked back about. Three? on Twitter and like done at right centre back. Cause I think, I think that formation can work. People have highlighted and gone, your right centre back would then be pulled wide because they target that space in behind a cannon, a Smith, whoever's at right wing back to drag done out. And that's not where we want him. We don't want him like one-on-one with someone out there. Ugh. Yeah. Teams might target, but does it, it gets two attacking fullbacks more forward for us. Right. And surely that's the key. We've talked about attacking and goals are our problem. So we need to give the forward players more support. So, um, yeah, game dependent. I think I I can see us using that system a fair amount this season. Or maybe it's just a system we're going to talk about on this pod all season and we won't <laughs> see it all year. Will it, question is, though, will he bring Willett starting? Who knows? No one knows today, but he won't drop Smith. He loves him, doesn't he? And he has well, done well since the start of the season, Smith. I think the problem with, with Smith is, this is my one reservation with him, is he's constantly getting in the right positions, but his final ball, his end product, just isn't consistent enough. He could put yeah. 10 crosses in and only one hits our striker. And the problem is, with our strikers, they need three chances to score a goal. <laughs> yeah. like neither of our, Sinclair and Dykes are not clinical. They don't get one chance a goal. They're not those kind of strikers. They need two or three opportunities to get the one goal. I mean, Dyke's done, that's it the problem. Dyke's done it the other night, to be fair. <laughs> what a header that was. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what a header it was, header. but it didn't go in. <laughs> no, that's no, no, no the Swansea about. one. Oh, the Swansea, Swansea. one. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's what I'm saying. That was a couple of nights ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But that was like, that was a brilliant header. But we put it, that was like, wasn't from Smith, was it? That was a chair ball in. There's a difference. Mm. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Obviously, we've got to mention Ilias Chair hitting 200 games for the club. That's a great achievement for him. Obviously, yeah. how do you how do you boys rate him? Just quick, just quickly before we touch finish up on Coventry. How do you boys rate Ilias Chair? Is he a club legend? What does he need to do to become a legend? Not many players get to 200 games anymore. What are your thoughts, Brad? I mean, he. He probably will be looked at, not a legend, because, well, he probably is a legend, let's be honest, 200 appearances, and he's got that Moroccan touch that Tarat had, hasn't he, a little bit, but he'll definitely be he'll definitely be up there. I mean, 
yeah, I, I could see it. It's a great achievement for him, but I think he, as a player and has a and as a talent that he's got, I think he think he sh- thinks that he should be doing better, maybe, which he should be because he's been a bit quiet these few weeks. But yeah, you know, everyone loves chair, don't they? I think it's yeah. difficult to call a current ever a current player a legend. Yeah. Um, I think it's always something you have to look back on, and but I mean he's been phenomenal servant for us I mean he's where he's kind of come from on the development that he's had we probably thought in his first game I'm sure it must have been an FA Cup game in January that we lost that probably was his first appearance but most of the time when youngsters come on in those games we're like okay we'll never see that person again and he's played 200 games for the club number 10 shirt like does that justice week in week out always still our main threat Um, you've got to remember as well when is he ever injured but his fitness level is un is unreal. So when yeah. when we did the kit uh, went to the kit reveal, it was the first day back for him, Kenneth Powell, Sinks, and Ozzy. So all the players were in like the the dining room area where you could chat to them, get photos, whatever, and those four were out on the training pitch. They had to do four laps of the pitch, which was their only running of and their first session back. He was miles ahead of everybody. And he didn't, then when he finished, he didn't look as if he'd done anything. Like, and there's, I know Dykes was, at, Dykes was in the fourth, tell a lie. Dykes was at the back, like heavy breathing, which you'd expect. I'm not going to compare their two fitness levels, but yeah, like Ilias must, it feels like he's the kind of player that he would have gone right. Who had the best time of that, of that uh, four pitch run? And I'm going to beat it by. 20%. And that's going to be my entertainment for today. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, I just want, I, I want Elias to hit one season, easy numbers, kind of 10 goals, 10 assists. Just give us that one season where we can be like, finally, you showed us you've got it consistently for one season. That's all I want. Then, then he can start, we can sell him for big money. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, just quickly, um, there's been a rare appearance from Taylor Richards in the um, development squad, B team squad getting some minutes I think that's positive news for us uh, I know there's been a lot on uh, social medias about the um, he's not been in the team photo but I think a lot could be made of nothing with that there could be numerous reasons why he wasn't there uh, either of you two got any thoughts on it I mean the club have said it's it's for personal reasons so you got you accept yeah. that and you move on like there could be We've said we've said on previous pods there could be so much going on that we're never ever going to be privy to. We don't need to be privy to it. So you move on. Like are people, if people are really that bothered that he's not in the team photo, <laughs> then they've got to be. Then they their life needs to have other things to be bothered about. Like exactly, we need to be I... helping him and encouraging him and doing. The club needs to be doing whatever they possibly can to get him in a better position that then he can he can start playing and performing for us. So give him think, the time, basically. Unfortunately for him, he was our only big money signing this summer, even though it wasn't big money. Do you think that puts a little bit more pressure on him because we spent money on him and because we're not seeing much of him? Do you think that's why like, sections of the fan base might be getting frustrated I, with the I lack mean, of his involvement? Yeah, but I, I think... Talk, I can't talk for every fan. Obviously, I'm talking on myself, but I think it's a bit fickle to say where is he in the club photo they've said personal reasons and I know in the kit launch you know tell me if I'm wrong didn't he say he lost a best friend or a best mate died or something so 
we don't know, you know, people suffer from mental health and we don't know what he's going through. And, uh, you know, we just want him back, I suppose, because he's more, more of an option on the bench. But, yeah, it's good he got minutes in the other day. So we just got to see. I mean, for the club as well, though, it must be frustrating because, well, not frustrating, but, you know, they want to see him play. They, they want him to see him perform and, do you know what I mean? But I don't know, really. I think what might slightly help that situation is that because he was already with us last year and then obviously it got made permanent, but we knew it was going to be made permanent, it's kind of not seen in the same light, i.e. like this was our only one new new signing yeah. of this uh, of this off-season and he's the one we spent money on. Um, yeah, I mean, as ever, fans are extremely fickle. He could come back and he could look... Outstanding in he could out look at outstanding in 20 minutes in one game, and you'll get every fan that's just said whatever about the situation completely flip a switch and be like, There he is, he's amazing, he should be starting the next game because that's what fans do. But <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. yeah, we've just got to hope that he gets in when he's ready, he's in a better position to play. Right, lads, I'm very conscious that Ben told me before the podcast we've got to keep it down to like 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> We're over an hour now, so Chris, quickly, uh, let's get the Coventry preview in. <laughs> hold on a minute. Who needs Ben Platt? Been unbelievable, well. <laughs> right. So quickly, Chris, score predictions for Coventry, please. Two nil win. Ooh, like cool. it, Brad. I'm going to go a one all. I think we're going to go one nil down. We're going to just go for it, and it will be one all. Right. This is going to shock everybody. But I think we're going to win 3-1. Oh, I, I know, three goals no, in a game. Wow. Three goals in a game. I just feel like we've had more than a week. We've, we've had eight days between games. I feel like Sinks and Dykes are going to start up top. And I feel like it's all going to click. 3-1, home win. Finally going to get a home win. Some goals to celebrate. Hopefully all at the loft. And, I mean, and we'll have a lovely weekend. That's my theory. I mean, I'm being positive Luke... because I'm in charge tonight. <laughs> Look. Loser spins the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, keep subscribing. Keep like sharing the pod with your friends. Like appreciate every single listen we get. So and any feedback we get. So thanks again for that. Uh, Brad, Chris, thanks for coming on, lads. Good luck your evening. Appreciate Cheers, it, boys. And boys. you are. You are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Oh.
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.